Dropbit Gaming Hello and welcome to the 90th episode of Dropbit Gaming Podcast. Yay! Yay! Number 90. That means we've only got like another three years till we get to 100. <laughs> We're pretty close. Well, actually, um, this is a pretty special episode because we're recording on the 30th of the 12th, 2015. So there's one day left of the year, basically. And Dropbit Gaming actually launched on the 1st of January 2010. So in two days, it's our five-year birthday. Yeah. Hopefully this episode will be out by then. Yeah, it should be. Well, I'm probably going to edit it tomorrow and post it. I'm on holiday, so I'm up in Cairns. So we're not in the same room recording this time for once. No. And by the way, I'm Matt, and that's Lucas, my brother. That is, yes. And I Um, am too. Yeah. So I'm taking over hosting duties today for something different. Just a throw, yeah. a throwback to the old days. Thought we'd mix it up. Yeah. Get nutty. Um, we will save our, you know, five-year anniversary episode for the next one, I think. Um, we yeah. might see if we can get a special guest or something. Otherwise, we'll just, like, talk about what we enjoyed about the last five years. But Should see if we can get philosophy. Oh, yeah, that'd be pretty good. That'd be a throwback. <laughs> something different. Yeah. Um, but in the meantime, this is... Of course, dun, the, dun, end of, dun. the end of 2015, so we've got to do our Game of the Year discussions. Yes. And, um, you know, people always say to me, like, oh, so you did your Game of the Year podcast, eh? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, it was good. They're like, so what's Game of the Year? And, and I'm always like, um, <laughs> well, we <laughs> talked know, about I don't a listen lot to of, it. <laughs> we talked about a lot of things, and I said this, and they said that, and the other person said that. So I guess it's the three games. Yeah. So... Like, if you haven't listened to a Game of the Year podcast from us in the past... Um, we apologize for the one you're about to listen to in the future. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're a conversational podcast, so we'd like to just, you know, have a good chat about the year that has passed. And um, when we get up to our actual Game of the Year, we always save our Game of the Year specific conversation till the end. But um, we've we've organized it into kind of genres, and I guess we have to pick out of them what our overall one is but um really we'll worry hard about enough to pick them for the genres <laughs> we'll worry about that when we get to it it's been a freaking good year this year for it has been games. an amazing year <laughs> like it has been incredible yeah. it's like it's two years so into, much two years on. into the ps4 two years into the xbox one and we're like this is the this is like when we start really hitting they start hitting their stride sort of thing mm. yeah and just before we get into the normal conversation, like to the agenda that we're talking about here, um, I've been playing Rise of the Tomb Raider, and I'm overwhelmed by the tiny little things in this game that they are now starting to get really, really right mm-hmm. in video gaming. It's incredible. Like the, boob the, mechanics and stuff like that? Yeah, move mechanics. Um, I said boob mechanics. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, no, because um, they're not very good. They don't move much, which is they're annoying. She does a lot of running, yeah. and there's not a lot of boob mechanic at all. So anyway. Anyway. Um, <laughs> it's normally from behind, too, that you see her running. So What about ass that... mechanics, then? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, well, I'm talking about Boob Raider. I mean, Tomb Raider. God damn it. Um, <laughs> and, like, one of the things that is really 
grabbed me in this game, like I said, is the really little things that they've done. Like there's a lot about the game that is not 100% perfect, but there is a hell of a lot in it that you are really drawn to see that you didn't see in many other games recently. Like, you know, obviously we're getting to a point where the, you know, they are starting to figure out the power of the machines and how they can manipulate them to do certain different things and get as many pixels on the screen and all that kind of shit. Mm-hmm. You don't actually see that a lot with like how texturing and stuff has been done. Like, for example, in things like Battlefront and Just Cause 3, where the graphics are just like exceptionally good looking. Mm hmm. But then that's the thing, like you do see them, like you look around, like I remember with uh, um, Far Cry, standing up the top of a mountain and just looking down on these valleys and, you know, up into the distance, there's the, you know, the snow-capped mountain peaks and, you know, you can actually kind of really see the the distance in some things. mm and although the distance wasn't realistic in Far Cry because I couldn't make it too big, um, you know, in some of the more recent games like uh, Fallout, for instance, um, Battlefront to a certain extent, I guess, uh, but even more so in the new Tomb Raider, seeing that distance, it looks like it's that far away. Mm. And it you kind of... It's amazing the way that they're doing those types of things now. The depth and things like that. Yeah, and the lighting, for instance, in Battlefront. I I love what dice do. Yeah. I always have. Like, ever since they started really pumping out amazing stuff, it's always been way beyond anything else at the time. Mm. And you can't even compare the game types, but look at, you know, your, your uh, Call of Duty compared to Battlefront. It still looks cartoony, and it still looks... Yeah, it looks like Call of Duty. Yeah, but it it just doesn't look like there's really the proper lighting on things, and some things look crayoned instead of really realistic, like DICE seem to be able to do. But anyway... Oh, like when Emperor Palpatine is, like, shooting lightning, and you see the glow of blue on everything. Yeah. And lightsaber yeah. glows and stuff like that. Or even just, like, when you're running around through the, the um, like, the snow... Uh, maps mm. and it just looks incredible it really does like you can see the different shadowing between different layers of snow like on you know in your field of vision yeah there might be like you know a little divot or whatever and you can see it it looks amazing and it looks real <laughs> so yeah anyway an amazing year to just gushing over next gen current <laughs> games well that's the thing yeah and i I I guess that's what our job is here (laughs) pretty much yeah so excited to see what's happening anyway the reason i brought up the the rise of the tomb raider was she there's a lot of cut scenes and you know bits where she's kind of interacting and talking with people just during gameplay as well but the way she turns her head like her hair in a ponytail will rest on her shoulder hair mechanics yeah, and as she's moving, little bits will fall off and then, like, bigger chunks might follow depending on how the hair is actually sat. Yeah. And it just looks incredibly realistic nowadays. Yeah, yeah that's what they did with to- the last Tomb Raider on the PC version. Mm-hmm. They were all like, oh, we have this amazing hair mechanics. It's so good. 
Yeah, they like have individual kind of, strands have their own physics and stuff like that. It's yeah. fucking crazy. Yeah, you can really see it now, especially I mean on a console. Yeah, on like a sixty inch TV. Yeah, that's true. That kind Definitely. of helps. Definitely. Oh, well. Um, yeah, yeah so, so it's been good anyway, from a, it, from it, a like what they're getting out of the hardware. Of of yeah. Mm. Awesome. So there's been some pretty hectic events, I guess. Hectic <laughs> uh, standout moments this year that have kind of, um, you know, they these are like a lot happens over the mm. years, and, and these the news are, kind of develops it. Mm. So. And a yeah. few of the, there is a few of the things that kind of stood out to us. So we're not going to obviously go into everything because, you know, yeah, we're not that's gonna be boring as fuck. But um, so like for example, in April this year, 2K Australia, which developed you know a number of games, including most recently the Borderlands, the pre sequel, shut down. So I think that could possibly be the last of the big developers in Australia. I think maybe there might be one or two others, but I think. That's pretty much a dead breed now. Yeah, it's definitely that way. But on the upside, we have developers like um, Hipster Whale, who made Crossy Road, Mm -hmm. which was like number one highest selling game or whatever on all the mobile platforms. So, you know, we're killing it in different areas in Australia. which is still good to hear. Mm. Um, But it wasn't just here that, you know, problems happened. Unfortunately. Yeah. Oh, it's like a rolling kind of thing in the games industry anyway, I think. Mm. But um, specifically in Australia, because of our kind of, our dollar basically, I think is the main yeah, problem. I think so too. But anyway, um, so Silent Hills, which was the, that everyone was excited about. They had, at, um, was it E3 last year? Yeah, it yeah. would have been. They had the yeah. PT playable teaser for, for Silent mm. Hills, and everyone was like, that is fucking amazing. And it was just a demo for the game, and people were like, this is an incredible piece of gaming, just standalone. And then it goes and gets cancelled. Yeah, so Konami cancelled it. They had a bit of a falling out with Hideo Kojima um, as well, So, and he was like, the, like he's uh, Metal Gear Solid. Yeah. Um, they took his name off Metal Gear Solid Five because normally they say like a Hideo Kojima game. It's funny actually. I just obviously preparing for this podcast. You go through obviously reading all the articles about other stuff and the amount of times that I've seen in this year, and it's you know come out again because it's being talked about again. But everybody is now putting his name at the start of that title again. In mm. reviews and or not reviews if they've already been written, but things that have been written throughout the year about it's Metal all, Gear Solid. Yeah, it's always been his name, then yeah. Metal Gear Solid, which is what they were all previously anyway. Yeah, it's kind of like so, a fuck you, Konami. We'll we're gonna back. We're gonna do it anyway. You, this series that has carried you through the years, you know, it deserves yeah. the respect. Yeah. This guy exactly. who's created this anyway, so he got fucking sacked by them. And his contract came to an end December 15, and he announced that uh, his next game will be a PS4 exclusive, which I reckon will probably sell fucking gangbusters. Yes, and it and, will be probably pretty fucking amazing, mm, just and, from that pedigree. Yeah, so that was in April, and Konami delisted themselves from the New York Stock Exchange, which means that they basically weren't, they were not in a very good position. Um, yes. I don't know if they've relisted themselves or they've stayed private. Uh, but, I understand they're private still. But yeah, that I could yeah, probably. I would say they're. Being... 
They're struggling. Changed. They're on struggle. Yeah, I mean, then we had, you know, developers like Bioware celebrating their 20th anniversaries. That's unreal, hey? Yeah, that's a long time. We've got things like um, Knights of the Old Republic and, you know, Mass Effect and Mm. War... um, Not Warcraft. um, uh, What's the other one? The Bioware fucking... This is good. We prepared. Yeah. They're 20 years Uh, old. Dragon Age. They're awesome. Yeah, they made Dragon Age. Yeah. You know. um, So it's pretty big. They've... Yeah, I'll Google it. <laughs> <laughs> Mass Effect, you said that, didn't you? Baldur's Gate, right? So, like, this list is fucking insane. Mm. Baldur's Gate, Baldur's Gate, Tales of the Sword Coast, Baldur's Gate 2, Neverwinter Nights, Knights of the Old Republic, Mass Effect, Dragon Age Origins, etc., etc. So, like, they are one of the best for RPGs, and they've celebrated 20 years, which is insane to, to see them you know, make it that far. I guess with the backing of EA. Yeah, it's a big, big deal. You get there, but um, yeah, yeah 20 years, which is a but big But I mean, like some deal. of my fondest gaming moments as a much younger person, you know, Baldur's Gate and Neverwinter Nights. Yeah, They're Standouts. fucking huge in my memories. Yeah. All of them about games. I always go back to that and go, oh, yeah, well. In your formative years. Well, yes. not really for you. That was 20 years ago. You were hey, like, hey, 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 hey. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> you old bastard. Shut up. Anyway, we're moving on. Satoru uh, Iwata. News. Yeah, Satoru, Satoru Iwata, president and CEO of Nintendo, died at age 55. Mm, a shock. Which was, yeah, it came as a, a bit of, um, I guess everyone, even people who aren't fans of Nintendo specifically, kind of stood up and were like, because he got them through, like he, he was oh. the father of the Wii, I'm pretty yeah. sure. And that like that too. saved Nintendo and the DS. Mm. You know? And it might save them into the future, but I don't think so. Well, it it earned them a shitload of cash, and yeah. the DS is still, you know, oh, it's still big. a masterpiece for them. So yeah, yeah that's and pretty still does sad. Sell. The kiddies still want them. Mm. So that's kind of a, I guess, one of the greats of the industry passed away. So that's sad yeah. news for the year. Um, and then, so obviously we're just kind of chopping and changing through the key moments of the year. But in November, Activision Blizzard acquired the developer of Candy Crush Saga, King Digital, for $6 billion. Isn't that incredible? That would be six, US dollars. $6 billion. So for um, a bit of perspective, I'm pretty sure Disney paid $4 billion for the Star Wars. Yeah, right. I'm pretty sure. Which is... How much right. did Microsoft buy... Um... Uh, Mojang, do you remember? I think two billion. Yeah, it wasn't anywhere near that, was it? That's insane. Yeah, four point oh five billion dollars in October. Uh, sorry, on October thirtieth, twenty twelve, Disney announced a deal to acquire Lucasfilm for four point oh five billion, half in cash, half in shares of Disney stock. And mm. for the record, they made a billion in the first week of the new movie. Yeah, exactly. So I think they're doing, they've done pretty well with that fucking purchase. Yeah. Yeah. So for Activision Blizzard to fall out. So have we, though. So have we. Oh, yeah, definitely. (laughs) No spoilers, but the new movie is fucking awesome. Yeah. Um, Activision Blizzard to acquire that, like $6 billion. Candy Crush is big money, man. Yeah, it is. 
obviously. Yeah, and then they announced a new TV and film studio called Activision Blizzard Studios. So In the same month. Yeah. And gave us a title that they were making. Mm. So there you Incredible. go. Yeah. <laughs> I guess so, Sony have got their own TV studio now, I think, as well. Oh, they've always and been Microsoft. in films. And... No, but I mean like PlayStation for PlayStation oh, okay. and Microsoft as well with the Halo TV show or whatever that they were making, I think. Yep. Anyway, so events in 2015, there was some of them, and they were good. Yeah, um, I mean, that that's some standout news that we saw, obviously. There's a lot that we, we're not going to mention because, hmm. you know, there's news every day, but whatever. Yeah, just enjoy what we've just told you, all right? Yes. <laughs> you want more, just Google it. <laughs> cool things that happened in 2015 in the games industry. There you go. That's you don't right. even have to type it in. You can just press, like, say Siri and then play this podcast to it when exactly. I just said that. And then it'll do it. Yeah. But um, uh, with along with that, some of the other things that obviously made up this year were the the little jumps and, and uh, you know, little things that happened in that technical side mm. and new IPs and things like that, or in a way. Um, but for me, I, you know, I mentioned before, the the greatest thing that I've seen this year that came from something that needs some input into a console, i.e. your Skylanders and things like that kind of games. Um, paraphernalia. Yeah, expensive paraphernalia. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but Lego like Guitar Hero Live, which I paid 200 bucks for and played like one day. <laughs> and now it's like less than half price. Oh, great. Thanks for that. <laughs> No worries. I'll play it again. I saw it the other day and I was like, oh, that's be spewing. No, I had fun with it. I played it. Like, I I beat the game. Oh, (laughs) did they have the Ace of Spades on it? Uh, I think it's online, probably. Yeah, that'd be worth a grab. Rest in peace, Lemmy. Um, But yeah, anyway, Lego Dimensions Mm. was something that came out this year. And, you know, I, I watched the kids set up the little portal and you had to build the portal. And it took friggin half an hour to build the portal so you put the disc in and it it just steps you through kind of exactly the same as when you you probably haven't for a while Matt but when you buy Lego and you get the, the instructions yeah you get that book and it shows you every step of the way of how to put them together and that's exactly how it came up there was a slideshow that you go put a piece on you'd press right put a piece on you'd press right put a piece on you'd press right and exactly the same as in the books so anyway they build that and then you go to the next bit and it actually shows you, okay, now you have to open this. And then it's like, now you have to open this. If you've got this character, build it now. And then you build it and you interact with it and then it's on the screen. And I reckon to me that was awesome because firstly it, it incorporates Lego, which most kids love Lego. It incorporates getting off the console for a little while, taking the controller out of your hand and depending on how, like some of the characters only take five seconds to build. Yeah, it's just it's still, it's like but, a manual thing. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and it's really conducive to learning and all that kind of amazing shit. <laughs> um, but yeah, I really was impressed. And then to see the kids, how they reacted because they'd built that character, how they reacted because they were playing with it on the screen it was yeah. awesome. It's a pretty novel way to um to work in that kind of, I guess. What price. do you even call that? Like just a, just a, price. 
<laughs> novel way to work in that price. It's a novel way to spend a ton of cash. Yeah. Lego's always been expensive, though. So, like, oh, we yeah. had this conversation on the podcast earlier in the year where I was like, it's fucking expensive. Why is it so fucking expensive? Yeah. But, hey, it's selling and it works. And, like, you're a father and mm. you are loving that your kids are loving it. They are loving it. And yeah. it's something different from Skyland. It's like Skyland is every year is another fucking game. Yeah. Where it's another hundred fucking things for you to buy and put on your little portal and play, you know, whatever. That's right. Well, that Disney happened Infinity. on Christmas morning for me because I gave Oliver the new, well, not new, but the the most recent Skylanders um, driving one, whatever that's called, mm-hmm. um, and like eight figurines that I'd got for him as well as the starter yeah. kit. So, so you had to cheap. get a like a some like a small personal loan. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And he played it for like three hours and now it's all sitting in the box with all of the Skylanders that he's had for the last fucking five years that he's never used or doesn't use, including all of the Disney Infinities and so on and so on. Because he's had them all. And I bought him a shitload of shit for each of them. But anyway, let's move on. Cool. Yeah, well- Moving on to the next thing is obviously one of the other standout things for us this year was remastered games. Like, obviously, one of the things for the new generation of video games, consoles, has been remastered games, but there has been some killer ones. Certainly has. um, And not specifically just like PS3 games remastered for PS4. Like, we had Saints Row 4 and, um, you know, God of War 3, but we had the Uncharted Collection, which... I mean, even though that was a PS3 game series, to have them all in one disc to play back-to-back and redone so that they all kind of match each other mm-hmm. in terms of the mechanics and stuff yeah, was just phenomenal, hey? Yeah, definitely. And yeah. Did, you, did you play the um, remaster of Halo and Gears of War? Uh, not Halo. I have seen it being played, and I do remember playing some of the other... Because, like, the way they brought those out is that they remastered the first episode or the first game. Yeah, and then they brought out the collection, right? Yeah, and then you got the collection as, like, a bonus kind of thing. But they're not upscaled or anything. They're just the ability to play the Xbox 360 games oh. on your Xbox One. But the, the obviously the first one is fully remastered. Um, That's kind of shit, though. Yeah, Halo was good. Like, it was a really good remastering, and it made the game look really good again. And you had the um, ability to, like, swap out to play the original graphics. Yes, yeah. But that was 2014. We're not here to talk about that. No, that's right. Um, Gears of War, yeah, I played that, and it does look really good. I mean, that's, does. that game is so fucking good, though. It's 10 years old, too. Still. Maybe not. Still But good. it's pretty fucking old. Probably but eight, seven or eight years. The amazing thing is... It's now just looking at the way that game is played now. It's boring, mm. unfortunately. Like the you're you're on rails so much that you're almost exactly running down corridors constantly, and that kind of game just doesn't work anymore. Yeah, it's like it, that. That was a um kind of one of the pillars of modern gaming. Oh, like the, yeah, for you know, sure. Cover shooting and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. was te- like they kind of paved the way 
But um, I guess it's not and it holding on. It was a really good game when it first came out. I mean, everybody played it and everybody loved it, which is great. And, you know, what's his name? Uh, Blazowski or whatever his name is. Mike Wikowski. <laughs> that's what I think of every time I think of this guy. You mean Cliff Blazinski? Yeah, that guy. I think that's yeah. his name. That'll do. Um, yeah, I mean, he became huge. The, well, his studio became he huge. Quit, he it quit was massive. Epic Games and started his own company called, like, uh, I can't remember what they're called, but they're making uh, some new game for PS4 and Xbox One. Cool. We'll but talk yeah, about I mean, that next year was, when, we, when I remember about it, that was massive. So yeah, Halo, but, another massive one. Like going back to games, because I mean, obviously there was also Devil May Cry Four was remastered and Devil May Cry DMC. Um, but you had older games like PS2 and before that, like Grim Fandango and mm-hmm. Final Fantasy Type Zero and even um, Resident King's Evil. Quest. Like King's Quest was a PC game from friggin way yeah. back way Long back time ago yeah, and yeah. resident evil ps1 game remade for for the new um generation current so, like like that yeah so like just in terms of remastering of games there has been some really standout kind of throwbacks i guess i haven't really played very much of king's quest and um but like for the nostalgia value for those types of games like Grim Fandango, you played a fair bit of that. Yeah, yeah. And the thing I really enjoyed about that was that it was available on on obviously the PS4, PS3, and the um, Vita, and the cross saving was awesome. It was really really good, mm. and you can quite easily just pick it up on any of your consoles and start playing it, and you're at the exact same point as you yeah. were when you put it down on the other one. So, and I know that's been around for quite a while, but with that kind of a game, you know, it's like... It's a nice I'll, touch. Yeah, exactly. I'll grab it when I can and I'll quickly play a bit and you're up to exactly the same point. It's awesome. Mm. Yeah. I've been actually doing that with Super Meat Boy, which was on... Originally, it was a 360 exclusive. Yeah. And that came out for PS4 and Vita and PS3 this year, finally. Mm. And, um, yeah, I've been playing Super Meat Boy on my Vita, and it cross-saves to my PS4, which is real nice. Nice, yeah. I Um, do find that uh, with Grim Fandango, and I didn't mention that, but having it on the Vita, the screen was really small, and it didn't take you away from it. But anyway, that's just... There's certain games that fit and certain ones that don't. Yeah. Um, One of the other things that I really liked this year was, so obviously the Oculus Rift and all that kind of stuff, the VR movement has been, you know, poking its head back up again over the past few years. But this year it seemed to really pick up some momentum with the... um, in terms of the PlayStation VR, which used to be called Project Morpheus. They renamed it to PSVR this year. And they announced, like, or revealed so many games for it. Mm. Like PlayStation Experience and E3 this year. And um, even at PAX, like, I didn't get a chance to try it at PAX Oz, but they were showing off multiple games there, and I've only heard good things about it. Mm. And not just because it's another, like, it's a reason to dust off your move controllers. Well, yeah. That's <laughs> but, right. Um, yeah, that's apparently coming out in early next year. I, I think the Oculus Rift is and PSVR and um, there's the, there's another one that I think Microsoft are working with. 
not well, specifically, but it's like a, some kind of deal that they're working with another company, partnership, I mean. On a small scale, Google's got their cardboard out, and that's actually really incredible. Mm-hmm. And I picked one up the other day. I went to the cinemas to go and see Star Wars, and there was a person giving out these uh, Google cardboard glass things or glasses things, and it's awesome. And there's games out that you can play on them and, you know, you just stand there and you're looking around. It's all 360 degrees and you use your kind of pointer in your eyesight. To is be that like an augmented reality thing or? Um, it is in a way, yeah. But it's like you can put the headphone, like put the goggles on and you hold them to your face so you've got the sound and everything coming out of your phone. Oh, yeah. And you can use headphones and everything for it Oh, it's it just well. like a thing that you put your phone in. Yeah, yeah. And it's got... That's it splits, cool. splits the screen into two exact images. Yeah. Or slightly different images, so it looks more realistic to your eyes. And then you can sit there and move your head around, and it's all 360 degrees. And there's movies online. There's heaps of stuff already for it. That's pretty awesome. So, I'm going to yeah. have to get one of those. Oh, well, I've got one here for you. You can have it. All right, cool. My yeah, problem I'm is just, that I just my phone doesn't it. fit in it properly. <laughs> Any, anything bigger than like a, a little phone, like a normal phone, I should say. <laughs> Not the Edge Plus. Mm. But anyway. So anyway, yeah, beautiful things coming out this year. Awesome. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, so like yeah. PSVR, we'll talk about that more in the new year because I'm definitely planning on picking it up before I move in with my partner and have no money. Yeah, that's a good idea. Um, <laughs> so that date's but, getting put further and further back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so if, well, I'll move in with you, I swear. I just need to find out when the PSVR release date is. That's right. Come on, Jesus. And we need to have a room that is at least big enough for me to play my VR. <laughs> you have like the Imaginatarium or whatever it was called on Community. Imaginarium. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Imaginarium. Just, so just like be with your headphones and goggles on. We have a housewarming party and it's like, oh, and here is the VR room. <laughs> <laughs> You'll notice the headset in the corner. Don't touch it or I'll cut your hands off. Yeah, that's right. Um, I might show Matt you. and I the kids sleep. <laughs> 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 anyway, anyway, so that's like that's like something that um, has been picking up this year, but is something to look forward to next year as well for me. Yeah. Um, obviously, other things like going back to the remastered games. We've got Uncharted Four coming out next year, which was one of the reasons that um, the collection was well done. Like you've got six yeah. months to replay them all before that, the yeah. new game. I think that was the best planning in video game history. Really? The best planning ever? <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, these games sold a, a mozza when they first were developed on the console, you know, mm. PS2 and PS3. You know, they were massive and they sold massive numbers and made Naughty Dog extremely rich. Um, and Sony um, and, Worldwide Studios, yeah, Computer yeah. Entertainment, yeah. But now, yeah, they've just, you know, they started teasing us that number four was coming out. And people got a little bit excited about it. And then they were like, oh, look, we've just remastered all three. Mm. Here it is for like 75 bucks or whatever it is. So, you know, three quarters of a, a full price game. And, and one of the great things about it as well was the fact that they won over such a big chunk of the market share mm. with the PS4 yeah. that there are people out there who never, ever had a PS3. And yeah. if your, like, signature game is coming out, 
and it's number four in a series, and you've got a lot of people who never even had a chance to play the previous ones. Mm, that's that right. is like a master stroke in, in your marketing kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, and I, I haven't looked at it. I haven't bothered to find out, but I would imagine that sales of Uncharted Collection have been going gangbusters. Mm. Well, I mean, it's... It's one of the it's one of the great games, you know, of all time. Yeah, yeah, and knowing that, you know, well, they've obviously said that number four will be the conclusion. Um, yeah, I believe so. Well, it's called the Thief's End, so yeah, that could mean anything. True, true, but yeah, I mean, I think I, I was so, and I've gushed about it on previous podcasts, of course, but I loved playing through that. I really did. Yeah. Such a brilliant moment playing all three of them in a short amount of time mm. and not seeing them as old and crappy was well, the, so The way refreshing. that they redid, they reworked the mechanics so that all three matched because originally, like we've mentioned this when we talked about it, so we won't go into it too much, but things like um, Uncharted 1 was early in the PS3 lifetime when they were pushing six axis and they had a lot of six axis like moving your controller around to do things in the game, which yeah. obviously that fell away. And, um, you know, they removed all that kind of stuff and they changed the shooting mechanics so that Uncharted 1 matched Uncharted 3. Mm. So you didn't have to, like, go through and be like, oh, fuck, the buttons are changed. Yeah, you know? that's right. So in that way, I mean, I guess you can't really be surprised that Naughty Dog did a fucking amazing job. But, um, yeah, so there's that. They do have a bit of a master stroke, don't they? They're pretty good at what they do. But things that uh, you know that happened obviously this year, you know, some highlights there that we've talked about. I think that there's a, a few dark points for me this year, and it's basically because I missed playing a couple of really amazing games. Yeah, that was what I was going to say. Next, we'll talk about the games that we missed, which, in your words, makes us sad. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, there's only so much time in the day. There's only so much access that you can have to every single game that's out there. Mm. And there's so... Most games are so fucking long these days. Yeah. The first one on this list, actually, that you've said is one of the shortest games of the year. <laughs> that's right. But everybody that I talk to about this, the Order 1886, everybody that I talk to about this really liked the game. Yeah, um... It definitely wasn't. Yourself. It it definitely wasn't a perfect game, but um, I think it was a good start for it. Like for a new IP, I guess we we didn't mention new IPs this year, of which there was, I guess, a few. Um, two yeah, of them we're going to mention a little bit later, but the Order eighteen eighty six is one of those, and um, and actually we're going to talk about another one of them later as well. We've got a few new IPs that we're going to discuss. Yeah, we are. But yeah. the Order 1886, um, I think they they did the grittiness of the atmosphere and stuff like that, of that, like, 1800 sort of, but, like, alternate history steampunk. Yeah, that's right. Type thing. I think they did it quite well. Um, the game was, like I said, it's short. It was only, like, six hours or something and no replay value whatsoever. Yeah. But um, they're obviously going to be putting some other games in that series. Of course. So, yeah. Like the well, Order 1887 and or the Order 1888. <laughs> they've got like 100 and 
40 years to catch up. Yeah, exactly. So it's all good. And it's an alternate <laughs> history, so it could be like the order 2015 and it's still fucking horses and carts and shit. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that would um, be cool. But one that you've played again, uh, I haven't, um, is Just Cause 3. And I know that's mm-hmm. only a new game, but we've, again, as we do every year, been flooded this time of year with incredible titles. Um, and I just haven't even had a chance to get or to look at Just Cause 3. I do own mm-hmm. it. I've downloaded all the updates. It's ready to go. But now I'm playing Tomb Raider. Yeah, well, that's the thing. We had, like, Fallout 4, and then a week later was Star Wars Battlefront, and then, you know, there's Just Cause 3, Rise of the Tomb yeah, Raider, and I've, I had Assassin's Creed Syndicate to finish, so, like, yeah. I put, like, 30 hours into Fallout 4 and then moved on to Star Wars Battlefront, and I've played bits and pieces of Just Cause 3. I've actually probably played a fair bit, but I haven't done a lot with the story because I've just mm-hmm. been, you know, the world is so fucking big, man. I only just unlocked, uh, like, I've been whinging that there's no fast travel. And oh, I, yeah. I went and did the next story mission and it unlocked fast traveling. <laughs> I was like, you're fucking kidding me. Because <laughs> it's like, try to wingsuit 15 kilometers. <laughs> it just takes 20 minutes and I'm halfway there and an anti-aircraft thing shoots me out of the air and it takes me back to a checkpoint in the original <laughs> island and I'm just like, oh my fucking God. Well, that's the thing. Like, I was just going to say, the, the, the way games are these days, they are so big and there's not many of them that have such a specific kind of uh, storyline. I mean, the Tomb Raider is definitely one of them, but you do come into big open areas that you have to explore Mm. and you get other missions while you're there and you fuck around and it takes you ages. And, you know, you kind of have to, when you're playing games these days, you have to, if you're on a tight time schedule, have discipline. Yeah. And you have to realize that, all right, am I going to go for the storyline or am I going to go for the game experience? Yeah, or you're going to be complete, yeah, completionist and try to yeah. get everything, which is like, that's me with Assassin's Creed Syndicate. That's why, like, I literally only finished half of the story, but I finished every single collectible and side mission yeah. before continuing. So I just finished the story, like, two days ago before I came to Cairns. Well. But I put so many hours into that game doing all of the side missions and stuff. Got the Platinum Trophy, thank you very much. That was one of the things I liked about the Order 1886, despite it being short, was that it had fun moments. It kind of leaves you wanting more, Mm -hmm. but um, I think that's better than a game where you're just like, fuck, I'm halfway through this story and I just want to be fucking done with it. Yeah, Like, you get sick of shooting mechanics. Like, I'm kind of with... That's me with Fallout 4 a little bit. Um, yeah, in a lot of ways I am too. I like the dullness in a way. So much more than me though. Oh yeah, Fallout Four, and I played like thirty hours, and I'm just like, I keep thinking of going back to it, and I'm like, ah, it just all it seems like escort missions, and like, yeah. I can fucking annihilate anything, so it's mm. there's not really any challenge, and then if I die, I just fucking respawn or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Well. I mean, yeah, like I said, Just Cause 3 was another one that I haven't played yet, and I actually am really looking forward to playing. But if that game falls further back in my schedule and I don't get to it, I'm going to be pretty pissed off that I've missed it. Mm. Well, we've got Far Cry Primal coming out next year, and I think mm. that, that like dinosaur future 
fucking game, that PlayStation exclusive. Oh, that's right, yeah. Whatever that one is. So Yeah, that I mean, was the robotic dinosaurs or something. Yeah, I guess your schedule's mm. constantly getting overlapped with new games. Pretty much, yeah. Like, I haven't finished The Witcher 3 yet. But no, neither have I. I've had so much fun with that, and I want to go back to it. Unlike mm. Fallout 4, I don't know. I, I think the world in The Witcher looks crisper. And I don't know, because there's that... Bethesda have that kind of art style. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it looks good, but it's... I don't know. Well, anyway. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, Wolfenstein, The Old Blood... Um, New Order was the the last well that was like the stepping wolf and sign into the new gen type game um, and I really loved that that was I think that was my game of the year last year or if not it was definitely it was definitely there. yeah top five because that was yeah. an amazing game I was just like really well done the story was great the atmosphere was great everything was just like this is so fucking good and then they announced the old blood which is kind of like a mini expansion for it mm. and which um, is properly like mm. made for showing off how good it was yeah and the thing about wolfenstein is that it's like this alternate history where the nazis won world war Two. so it's like completely different it's like it's like the world we know twisted and um, in a way that you're like is not that far from believing could have happened, you know, mm, which is yeah. just a really cool kind of story mechanic type, you know, piece, I guess. Um, so that's only like 15 bucks or something on the PlayStation store at the moment. So I'm planning on definitely getting that and playing through it. I don't think it's very long. I think it's only a few hours. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. But yeah, um, I miss that, and that kind of makes me sad. <laughs> <laughs> and the other one that I missed and has made me kind of sad because I've really wanted to get it uh, is Halo Five. And I don't—that's like the, the biggest game of the year for Microsoft, eh? Yeah, but for me, I—I don't know if I really like I, everything I hear about that game is incredible, and I'd love to have it just to be able to play the game. But I also have been so far removed from Halo for so long that I don't know if I really give a shit. And that's why I haven't bought it. But at the same time, I still really want to play that game. Mm. It's only 50 bucks at Target, I think. Yeah. Well, I went to Target the other day. They didn't have anything left. Oh, bugger. Bloody Boxing Day. Well, you can always buy it on the Xbox store for $100. (laughs) Yeah, nah. Yeah, nah, nah, nah. (laughs) Um, EB Games, price match. True. But then I think uh, JB yeah. Hi-Fi's got it for like fifty nine or something. Not not good enough. Nah, I'm wasting my time. <laughs> but yeah, so um, so those are the ones that we wish we'd played. Yeah, we have missed a couple of big ones. Um, actually, speaking of Rise of the Tomb Raider, that's one that I'm like kind of spewing that it's an Xbox and PC exclusive, but it it will be out on PS4 next year, so I'll be picking that up because I played through Tomb Raider on PS3 and then the definitive edition on PS4 as well because mm. I really loved what they've done with it. So I'm definitely looking forward to that. But now we are at the fucking meat and potatoes of this bloody podcast. That's right. That's why we all came here. Yeah, it's the game of the year discussion. So we've got this separated. I've I've separated it into three, four, five, six, seven genres. And um, two of them, we share the same game. And two of them, 
only one of us has a game in that in that genre. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, we might have some of them could overlap as well. Yeah, yeah, because games are never ever pigeonholed. Yeah, well, that's anymore. Um, yeah, they've. I've, it's a rough way that I've sorted them into genres, and plus, there's some like that you'll say that I'll have things to say about, and vice versa. So, bear with us. If you don't like it, why the fuck are you listening? Exactly. <laughs> um, we'll start with. Um, I'll just start a quick one I've got in sports right um, I know sports is probably one of your bigger games this year the one you've picked here um, so maybe it's not the best place to start but <laughs> I've said it so we're doing it um, mine I've written down Rory McElroy PGA Golf and um, th- while That's it's not necessarily choice. it's not necessarily a game of the year option for me I don't think because I think the game is buggy in certain ways, like I play couch co-op and I still have problems with it, like not, like you select what controller scheme you want to use because we play it with different settings to the default. It has like that uh-huh. blue guiding line and we turn that off and then you go to start the game and it's back on for no reason. Yeah. So there's certain, like little bugs like that. Because Rory really- wants it, mate. Yeah, it will. But um, the way that they have supported that game since it came out, every month there's been a new course released and new characters and stuff like that in patches, mm-hmm. um, which and for free, I think yeah. it's supremely good, and I think it's very unusual for EA to do that. Well, um, it's amazing because for me, the the sports game of the year has always been FIFA. Mm, yeah, that's and, the other thing, like e- even just specifically in EA Sports. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I, I've I've loved FIFA and I've looked forward to FIFA every year and I've played the crap out of every single one of them, but this year it didn't even register to me. Yeah, I mean, I played a, a little bit of FIFA 16, but mainly because I play Ultimate Team and I had the, you know, the, the get two packs every week for fucking 20 weeks or whatever deal, mm-hmm. which is still going. And well, it's super annoying because I never get anything good in my packs. No, well, at the moment, they've got two packs, Christmas packs for everybody. Yeah, I got that and as well. All, oh, you did, cool. Because <laughs> they were all like Uber. Yeah, and it gave the best character I got was like a goalkeeper that was eighty four, and I already have bought a goalkeeper that was eighty five. So I'm like, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, pissed off. Great, just give me Sergio Aguero or Messi. That's please. right, or Bravo. Yeah, just some- Rory McIlroy was really close to my choice as well because mm. I enjoyed that game. I had it's fun. Both of play. us played a lot of games. And that was the one that we kept going back to as a sports game. Oh, I still play. Like, every time me and Corey in my house are like, I oh, will sit down and have a few drinks tonight, we always chuck on PGA, Rory McIlroy PGA Golf. And because, I mean, it helps. Is that we, it's a drinking game? It helps that we have a drinking game. <laughs> it's always fun. And it's like, it's fun, competitive, and it's easy for anyone who kind of wants to just jump on and play it, you know? Yeah. And it's yeah, fun. Yeah, it's yeah. just fun. Yeah. Like it's a fun game. It's bizarre. Mm. Well, for me, do you mind if I? Oh yeah, just to close on that. Like it's. I don't think it is even going to scratch the surface of my game of the year can do, like choices. But I thought it was worth a mention because it was. You know, they've. It's the first step on the next gen consoles for the golf franchise mm. for EA Sports, and um, it's the first one that doesn't have Tiger Woods, and. Um, it, it it lacks a lot. 
it is definitely not as feature complete as the other Tiger Woods games were, but the DLC support for it and just the fact that it is fun to play make it a standout, I think. And I'm looking forward to what they do with that in the future. So now, your sports game. Well, my sports game, I've again talked about this one a lot and really enjoyed a lot. And I actually just made Veteran the other day, which means I'm over level 30, which is not that many people that you yeah. come across, which is yeah. kind of cool. Um, but Kill. the game is Rocket League. It's an interesting choice to put that in the, in the sports genre. Yeah. I couldn't think of anything else. Anywhere else. Be. It's either That's driving it or soccer. And seeing as both of them technically kind of fall under the sports, <laughs> it's, yeah, a, it's not even... Seems pretty bright. Like a driving game would be something like Need for Speed or Gran Turismo, which is like, you know, driving on a track or you've Simulators. got a race to win. Yeah. Whereas this is just like, it's soccer where you're, instead of, you know, Messi or Aguero, you're a car. <laughs> yeah. But it is so much goddamn fun. Yeah. It is amazing. Definitely. I would it say really that's is. probably my sports game of the year <laughs> as well. Yeah. It's, it, and everybody can play it. It is so good. It's so easy to pick up. I have got a little bit of a warning for everybody that's listening to this or anybody who's listening to this. Um, red wine really does impede your ability to play this game. <laughs> so if you enjoy your red wines, maybe drink after you've played this game. <laughs> that's just my tip because, uh... shit, it, red wine destroys physics. And this game is so dependent on yeah. kind of warped physics. So. You're just like, you're jumping to headbutt a ball with the front of, well, cut, like yeah. bonnet, but you the ball. <laughs> it's just like miss it every time. Yeah, it gets real bad. But anyway, yeah. that, that I have played so many goddamn hours of that game this year. They supported that a lot so with free, free up updates and stuff. They gave well. a few little things that were free, but a lot of them... Well, they gave the game for free on PlayStation. Yeah, it came out in July and was the PlayStation Plus game for that yeah. month and was like, that's the coolest thing ever. It yeah. just came out on Xbox, I think, as well. Uh, no, not until February, I oh, it comes think. Out next year. So it's probably like a six-month exclusive deal or something. Yeah, I believe so. But it's on PC and people are loving it there as well. So. And it's got it's it not cross save or anything, but the servers are crossed, so you can be playing on your Xbox. Oh, sorry, soon your Xbox, but on your PlayStation at the moment, and playing somebody who's playing it on Steam, hmm. which is pretty cool. Um, but yeah, loved that game. Have loved it. Still play it. It's a great game. Yeah. All right. So, so sports is done. We're done there. <laughs> okay. Next is, uh, let's talk about horror. That's just you, so we'll go the um, the one that's just you. I, didn't, I haven't played any horror games this year that stand out to me, yeah. although I do want to play Until Dawn. Well, I haven't played a lot. It's not my genre at all. Yeah, me neither. Um, I just don't enjoy wanting to shit myself. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what it is. <laughs> I got over that when I stopped using nappies. Um <laughs> I kind of sometimes want to still. <laughs> well, then you should play more of these kind of games. But Until Dawn, a fucking epic game. Yeah. And PlayStation I said, exclusive. Yeah. I did say before that there's only a few games that are on rails as much of, as Gears of, Gears of War. Um, this game was not really in that same category. But at the same time, the story plays out in a certain way. It was a movie, pretty much. 
that you have a, a lot of control over the characters, but it jumped around, the story jumped around, your reactions and your uh, interpretations are going to make completely different endings to the game. Um, and, yeah, it was, it was so well made, this game. Incredible. Yeah, it's definitely on my list. And even in... It, That's it probably happened. on my games I missed, which makes me sad, actually. Yeah, it, worth it, I reckon, because it was a really, really good, fun game. I'm probably going to borrow that off you, FYI. Yeah, cool. Well, that <laughs> might pay you back for the, half of the ones that I've still got of yours. <laughs> yeah, also actually <laughs> off you to give to yeah. Corey. Oh, yeah. yeah telling you. I was awesome. like Dragon Age Inquisition, as if you're ever going to play that again. Did you take that? Oh, How long ago just, did you take that? Like three weeks ago. <laughs> Great. We can play it? No. Oh, there you go. Well, I've got EA Access on the... Uh, oh, so you can play it there. Yeah, I can just download it for free now. All right, all right. I can rent it any time in the next 12 months. Sweet. Yeah. So um, the other one that I've got only... Well, the next genre only I have a game in is fighting. Fighting games. Mortal Kombat X mm. was... I don't even know. I think there was other fighting games this year. Who the hell cares? Yeah. Mortal Kombat 10 was fucking amazing. Well, I just remember the games you and I had and you sitting there just giggling and like... (laughs) Annihilating everyone. Yeah. And just how gory it was and... So fun to play. Yeah. It Um, was good. My thumbs were broken, mm. totally broken, and I can't do it because I don't know how to hold the controllers anymore for fighting games. Yeah, that's true. There's so much going on. Yeah. Um, They did the combat pack for that, which is like, you know, Warner Brothers trying to make as much money as possible. They did the same with their $70 season pass for Arkham Knight, which we're not Uh, mentioning in this game of the year list, but Batman Arkham Knight was a really, really good game. Um like to close out that series. I know I'm getting mm-hmm. off track from fighting here, but Batman Arkham Knight was so full of fan service and just, it was, you could tell it was made with love. Like the developers were so passionate about the series of games that they had made to make mm-hmm. that final. They knew it was their final one in the series and they really did their best with it. And it was, it turned out amazing, but Mortal Kombat X, um, they had the combat pack which had, you know, uh, every month there was new DLC for three months or something like that. Mm-hmm. And they're doing the Combat Pack 2, which I think I mentioned on the last episode, uh, next year. So that's, that's right. going to get that game right back in my hands again, yes. which I'm excited about because I've fucking really enjoyed Mortal Kombat 10. If you're a fan of fighting games and haven't played Mortal Kombat 10, I would definitely suggest picking it up. Yeah, me too. Even if, you know, from me, I, like I said, I'm not a huge fighting fan anymore. Um, it's just fun to watch. I own it, and it's definitely a part of the catalogue, dogalogue, whatever you want to call it, um, it, that I have that I really want to keep because mm. it's a great game. It looks really good too. It does. Yeah, very um, well polished. Okay, so next we'll talk about remastered games because this will be quick because we've yeah, already talked about we've this. We've already both. talked about it. Oh, so good. Yep. Uh, both Un- you and I. Yeah, Uncharted Collection, easily. Mm. Above anything else. Um, you can't really have a remastered game as your game of the year, but if you could, we would have Uncharted Collection. Well, I did until you told me the rules were that I couldn't. Uh, and that was 
my game of the year because fuck, I loved playing through that game. <laughs> yeah, it's so I good. I really did. I loved yeah. it so much. Brought yep. back so many memories of hours wasted playing that game mm. and wasted more hours playing that game and I loved it. Well, you know, um, I was telling you before we started recording that my housemate's nephew, 11-year-old nephew, was over... Well, her her family and including her nephew were up from Melbourne for Christmas mm-hmm. and he got a PS4 for Christmas. Nice. And he was in my room watching me play Battlefront and um, and he was like... And his looking parents at- were like, where is he? No, sorry. <laughs> he, he was... <laughs> No, Emma was like, "What?" She's like looking around. She sees him in there. And she's like, "Oh, of course you're in there watching Pingle play yeah, video games." Exactly. <laughs> I'm like, "Of course you would be, because Star Wars Battlefront is freaking amazing." And the and kids are just hanging out together. Well, the funny thing was, like, he doesn't really know Star Wars. He has he's only seen he's eleven. One yeah. of them, I think. Oh, poor kid. One or two of them, and he was like, "Oh, Darth." Go and slap his parents, and like, <laughs> I was t- the fuck? I was fucking tempted. Yeah, cool. <laughs> but no, he was like, "Star Wars is the course." <laughs> Oh, good. Like, mission accomplished. That's enough. Um, I said to him, look, one game you need to get is Uncharted Collection. <laughs> yeah. And if you're only 11, get it. But you need to snap next in Uncharted because it is fucking Well, awesome. he plays Call of Duty, so. Oh, wow. Bad parenting. Anyway. Um... <laughs> <laughs> nah, so what were we just talking about? Oh, Uncharted Collection. Yeah. Supremely good game. Yeah. Um, next, we've already talked about that a lot, so we'll yes. move on. I could talk about it for so much more, though. Yeah. I, I love that so much. But that's, so, that's our sports, our horror, and now remastered, all sorted out. And fighting, done. And now, fighting, that's next, true. Um, I'm saving shooter and RPG to last, but um, okay. next we'll do action. I've, I've put these two together, action slash adventure, because my choice for this section is Dying Light, which came out in January. It was the... Um, the zombie game that allowed you to have, you know, four-player co-op in this sandbox world um, rather than, say, four-player co-op with, uh, like, Left 4 Dead. Yeah. Dying Light was like a, a GTA with zombies. And True. And it was good fun. It was a really, really fun game. We yeah. I played that to completion and really enjoyed it. We played it together a little bit. Yeah. Um, we tried to have a bloody... A- Land person land going on didn't really work out, but it was that game I thought was probably my favorite for this year. Um, Mad Max, I've got here as an honorable mention because I really enjoyed that game as well. Um, I thought it was graphically really, really amazing. And considering you're just running around in a friggin' desert shooting people and driving fast cars, Mm. uh, the balancing of like the leveling up and upgrading your vehicles and guns and stuff like that. And the story were all outstanding. And I haven't seen Fury Road yet. So whatever. You still haven't. No. Wow. Yeah. But that game was incredible. So Dying Light was my choice there because it was just super fun. I guess it's a sandbox action game. Um, whereas your the reason I've added adventure to this was because your choice the Uncharted Collection. I mean, uh, uh, <laughs> actually, the Uncharted right. Collection is an adventure game. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Rise of the Tomb Raider. Yeah, like a pretender to that series. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like Tomb Raider started, yeah. and then Uncharted were like, no, 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 this is how you do it. This is how you do it. And then Tomb Raider was like, well, we're going to do it a little bit different, and yeah, we, we can suck too. We have, <laughs> we have a nice pick. Exactly. Um, um, I've really enjoyed this game. 
uh, and like I mentioned, the little things about it, um, there is a lot that is not perfect with this game. But to be honest, it, it's it, I can already see that it is a perfect. Like they they've picked a time in Lara Croft's life that they kind of wanted to create a new story. Mm. And well, that was the the last game kind of was the new origin story for her. Yeah. And this is definitely going to be the thing that sets it up again mm. forever. And it's it's good. It's well done. And some of the things that they've added to it are perfect. Uh, other things need refinement. But it's difficult with this kind of a game. It really is. There's so much to it. There's so many mechanics that can be accessed instantly all the time. So therefore, it does become, you know, a bit annoying that, you know, certain things don't do certain things at certain points. But that's just the type of game it is. So overlooking that, story's really good, uh, acting's really good, atmosphere's fantastic. Um, Brilliant. And, yeah, I mentioned before the hair, but walking through snow, I have never seen anything so perfectly done in any other medium before. With snow or just anything? Uh, mainly with snow because you see it <laughs> a lot. Like she's in, you know, the Himalayas or wherever it is, like this crazy sort of Syria. Um, mm. But there's deep snow and there's light snow. And if you're trudging through deep snow and your legs are going deep into snow, occasionally, obviously, your hand is going to brush the top of the snow. And in this, that leaves a trail. That's pretty your, cool. Yeah, if your fingers just like touch a little bit, it leaves it there. And you can turn around and stand there and watch it. And uh, I don't know if it actually will fill up because there's more snow falling. But I have seen other areas kind of not just you – know, you remember when sand fell on itself or snow fell in on itself kind of thing and it just mm. like was really blocky and then all of a sudden it didn't exist anymore? It was just – a flat level. Mm. It doesn't seem to happen in this. Like it, it, there's nothing blocky about it at all. And you watch her walk through thick snow and it leaves a perfect trail behind you of the contours of her legs and, you know, the way she's had to push through it and the way the, the snows kind of had to push out to make room for her legs and things like that is fucking brilliant. Really, really awesome. Mm. And I have to give him credit just because I've spent so much time playing this game just looking at those tiny little things that have blown me away. So, you know, maybe that's not the best reason for it, but uh, that's my reason for the action-adventure game of the year for me. There you go. Brilliant. If you don't like that reason, suck it. (laughs) It has good snow. Yeah, good snow. (laughs) Well, I'm uh, definitely looking forward to playing that next year. But now we'll move on to RPGs. Um, there's been, like yeah, like... thing for this year. There's been some massive RPGs. These two that, the, that we've chosen are not just huge games this year, but like anticipated, hugely anticipated yes. games. Mm-hmm. Um, yours, obviously, is Fallout 4. Yes, it is. And the reason I chose this is... Because it's fucking huge it, and incredible. Is, yeah, amazing. And it has really good snow. Job. No snow in this one, just <laughs> radiation. Um, they do radiation really well. I've played 
nearly a hundred hours of this game, and I know that's probably a a quarter of what other people have played it, but for an RPG on a console, for me, a hundred hours that's a lot. Of enthralling gameplay in some cases, sometimes just really hung over and it's the only thing that actually makes sense to me anymore. <laughs> um, because it's not hectic. Yeah. Like when you feel down or you're hung over or you feel like shit or for whatever reason, you can't pick up a shooter and go and play a multiplayer game and expect to do any well because your fingers do not recognize what your brain is telling it. Mm, that's and true. your eyes can't, comprehend what's happening so it's bad but in this you, it, just, you can go just for a stroll through that's right go and kill some trolls or whatever you want to do you know like just go nuts and you don't have to fear being you can do your city building if you're if you're bored you can go to your little township and yeah you know they made a lot to this game that actually is really good for drunks and that gives it a game of the year for me. There's a little respect for alcohol abuses. <laughs> and you can drink it too in this game. Can't do that in every game. Mm. But anyway, no, yeah. there are some very legitimate reasons for the. And yeah. I guess um, I kind of. Games most people would understand. Mm. I've kind of been beating up on it a little bit, but that's mainly because I'm kind of. I I guess I'm like subconsciously pushing myself away from ever picking it up again because it is such a time sink. Yeah. Um, And if I convince myself that I don't actually want to play it. Mm. But now that you've said that, I'm hungover quite a lot. (laughs) Perfect. So So, you have a VR room, a fallout room, and then maybe (laughs) half a bedroom. Yeah, exactly. Yep, brilliant, cool. and that's going to be full of Star Wars stuff. So, um, my my RPG of the year is The Witcher Three. Um, I played, I started the, the first Witcher game, never finished it, and The Witcher Two, I never even began. But they did a really good job with The Witcher Three as it, like making it as a starting point for players. In um, some ways, in some ways, I think it's still a very complicated story. Yeah. But um, it's just like a really awesome game. The story in the world is really well made, and like just the characters that you meet are interesting. Which yeah. is one of the things with Fallout Four. I guess some of the characters are interesting, but a lot of them are like, As I you said, are so yeah. fucking bland. Yeah, they're bored. It's like the characters don't even want to be in the game, which gets annoying. Yeah. Yeah, and The Witcher Whereas, wasn't like that at all. Well, The Witcher 3 was like reading a good book. Mm. You know, and it has well-fleshed-out characters that are, you know, interesting um, to And the camera meet. wasn't that bad in The Witcher 3. Mm. The, the camera was pretty good most of the time in battles and things like that, which in these kind of games is a huge thing for me. Yeah. Because if I can't see what I'm looking at or if for some reason the camera just flicks to behind me, and I'm getting attacked from the front or, mm. you know, vice versa, whatever, that's shit. That destroys the game for me because I'll die and I don't even know what the fuck killed me. Yeah, like in shooters. Yeah. Well, that's just because I'm slow. <laughs> <laughs> but in RPGs, that's a huge thing. Yeah. I just really want to... The reason, like I, like I said earlier, I haven't finished The Witcher 3, but the reason that it's up there for me, the same with Dragon Age Inquisition last year, yeah. That was my game of the year then. Um, again, a role-playing game that I hadn't finished yet. But just how 
the the gameplay mechanics were great. The story was great. The characters were interesting, and just the world you can escape not escape but like you can fall into it like in a good book. Yeah, and um, yeah, and it's plus it's very it was like, well imagined. It's like a gritty world mixed with this kind of high fantasy as well. Like I don't know if you got mm. far enough to meet. There's the, like these hags in the woods. In no. The Witcher 3 that you meet, and they're just, like, grotesque. These three, like, they're supposed to be sisters or something, but they're, like, oh, some yeah, kind of supernatural yeah, thing, that. and they're, like, these old hags that are kind mm-hmm. of just gross. Yeah. <laughs> and they're just, like, amazing characters. Like, they're the- weird as hell, and but they look incredible. And, I don't know, it's just something about that- it as, as, like, an evil kind of presence, but they're not like the yeah. evil presence. They're just like this kind of bunch of crazy old ladies in the woods <laughs> who steal children and eat them, I think. Well, the thing it's that annoyed weird. me a little bit about The Witcher is, and it happens in these games, but the main protagonist just to me seemed like a real jerk half the time. Oh, well, that's the way like that story plays out. He has to be a jerk because... The witches in that world are hated because yeah. they're like this kind of um, supernatural kind of thing. Yeah, they're like they're infused with magic, and people blame them for their fucking problems. Mm. And they're just like out there trying to make a living being a mercenary because that's all they can do. And you know, people have a chip on their shoulder about these witches, and so mm. you have to be an asshole, otherwise you get fucking taken advantage of. Yeah. Yeah. And which I, I did understand a, after a while yeah. of playing it, but I guess it if you just haven't, seemed like a bit of a jerk. Yeah, I think it's great to have a main protagonist who's a fucking douchebag. Mm, it doesn't happen all a that often. You're like you're not you're, you're an anti-hero kind of thing. Very like, true. You'll do the right thing, but you'll be like, "I've just saved you and ten children. Now fucking pay me." Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, we've we've also had, and this is not something that we've scripted. I'm just going to go off off the top of my head for a sec. We've had a lot of kind of the Telltale games this year. Oh yeah, there's been where plenty. you know and your other choice makes games too. Oh, definitely, yeah, and and your choices make a huge impact on the way the game plays out, mm. which it did happen in The Witcher, and it happens in most games nowadays, actually. Fallout um, Four as well. Yeah, definitely, um, but something that I'd, I'd really just like to give just a little mention to because I believe it's worth it um, is the Borderlands game. Yeah. The Telltale Borderlands game. Really, really good game to play through. And Even if it, you never really got into the Borderlands games? Yeah, because I, I, I've played them all except for the um, one between, which was the Aussie one, wasn't it? The pre-sequel. Yeah, pre-sequel. They had Borderlands 1 to the pre-sequel. Yep. I think that was it, wasn't it? Or did they make yeah. another one? No, I'm pretty sure that's it. And the pre-sequel was between... Yeah, what, yeah, two, yeah, yeah. Wasn't it? yeah. It was pre-sequel. Um, yeah, that's right. Enough. Yeah, yeah, strange. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, the, the thing that I enjoyed about that game was they used just a bunch of nobodies. Like the people in that game were just normal people. Yeah. And it it is such a full-on world, the whole Borderlands world, 
And I remember playing through the first one, played a lot of hours of that one. The second one I did put a few hours into, never played, played the pre-sequel. But it's a massive world, and there's yeah. a, a lot to take in. But it dropped you in the middle of it, and it was really fun to play through, and you could kind of just follow on from that point. It was as fucking ridiculous as the games were in some points, mm. but you weren't a hero it in any normal, way. Normal person trying to get by. Yeah, yeah, and that's awesome. Absolutely yeah, that is fantastic. a pretty nice touch. I'll have to yeah. have a look into it. And I might spend 150 to... bucks and get the Telltale collection. No, just... <laughs> no, I've already I got half of them anyway. 50 bucks at the moment, I think. I That's saw the other much. day in the sale. But I th- I'm pretty sure uh, it's like 8 bucks in the PlayStation sale at the moment. Oh, bargain. For all of them. Yeah, and that's awesome. For the amount of hours it plays out, like all of the... I think it's this is like 15, five 15 or, or 6. Or 20 hours or something. Yeah, nearly 20 hours all up. That's not bad. And that's pretty good for eight bucks. Mm. Not too bad. But anyway, I, I just wanted to give that a bit of a mention before we go to the the last the last genre, genre that we have on our list is. And uh, if you haven't guessed this by listening, you haven't obviously listened to the podcast at all because we've been talking about this nonstop. Um, both of us have the same game here, shooter. I didn't specify which shooter because you can play it third person or first person. Mm-hmm. Star Wars Battlefront. Yeah. Then the reason I chose this, it is fun. It's so fun. It's yeah. just fun to play. And yeah. I guess that's like we, we've talked about in Rise of the Tomb Raider. We had, you know, great snow, great visual effects. That's right. Yeah. Um, and the same with, you know, the Uncharted collection was just really fun game. Um, mm-hmm. Gameplay mechanics are great. Mortal Kombat 10 was great to watch. Star Wars yeah. Battlefront. Uh, it's a shooter. It has shooting mechanics. It, it's not that complicated. There's no storyline. There's yeah, no. I mean, you already know campaign. the world. You already know that. You know that franchise yeah. is deep seated in all of our fucking brains. Even if you're not a fan mm-hmm. of Star Wars, you exactly. know it. Um, yeah, it's just super fun to play. It handles well. It's easy to pick up for people who don't normally play shooters. I think. Yeah, um, definitely. It's accessible to all ages. It's, Which is really important because that genre normally yeah, isn't. It's forgiving. It has yeah. a little bit of aim assist, mm-hmm. um, but everyone has the same advantage. So that's it right. It just makes it easier to pick up. If you want to go and play like an intense shooter for competition level, go and play fucking Counter Strike. Yeah, that's right. But if you want to enjoy, like we, like I said, when. I first played Battlefront. They had the training mission where you're riding the speeder bike on Endor. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, they used scans of, of props from the movies and all the texturing makes it look like you're in the movies. You know, it's so yeah. well done that it's like you're living this thing that has been a, a part of your life for fucking ever. Yeah. And the other thing that, it you know, I've, I've mentioned before on previous ones, but they came out with the beta, most like a lot of people played the beta. It was huge. Yeah. Um, and the comment I made about it then was that it was just Battlefield with a pew pew instead of a boom boom. Yeah. And that was it. But 
now now that the game's come out, and I did read that a lot afterwards as well. Mm. A lot of people said that in comments and yeah, reviews it, it felt and like, all kinds of shit. It just felt like a reskinned Battlefield. Yeah, and they somehow tweaked it, and it doesn't anymore. I think, um, well, I think the star card system for your specials and stuff like that separates yeah. it as well. Um, but you didn't really have a lot of chance to mess with that. No, it was a beta. bit limited. And that's what a beta's for. Yeah. And I mean, you're also, testing their servers and shit more than yeah, the game. Exactly. But you also didn't have the heroes and villains in the that's beta. That's right. Um, yeah. Not even, like I played Fighter Squadron at PAX in a closed kind of preview and you got to play as the Millennium Falcon in the in that fighter squadron mode and it was just like this is frigging amazing and it was mm. you know all I was thinking was like why wasn't this in the beta because yeah. if you told people like it kind of came as a surprise to me when I played the actual game and I was like wait there's a mode where you can fucking play Darth Vader versus yeah Scott. exactly yeah you know it's just awesome. But then again, a lot of people online are like, oh, it's not as good as the previous Battlefronts. But um, well, I think for what I don't it agree. is, I think for I what agree. it is, it's really fun. Yeah. And I think it was your words. It doesn't promise to be any more. Yeah, it is what it says it's going to be. Yeah. And it puts you in Star Wars. Mm. And that's the most amazing thing. Like the way they've done the texture popping the way they've done the shadowing and the light systems and all of that amazing stuff it feels right it looks right yeah you know and so many times i've if you get that kind of half a second to look at it you'll be running behind two or three <laughs> other people and they they're individuals yeah. in a world that is constantly moving you know, like you play in the, the jungles and shit and there's things that are, you know, like ferns that are flapping and little bugs that are, or yeah. not bugs, but things little like, heads that are popping out trying to eat people and shit. Yeah, little, and, um, what do you call it, like, like slugs that are like a meter long, yeah. fat-ass caterpillar slug things that and when you run to and along. they like, they like slip away into the roots of a tree or something. Yeah, there's like all this shit going on and it just gives it so much more... Yeah. Of a realistic feel, and I know like the whole world is not symbol. realistic. You know, like it's Star yeah. Wars; it's not realistic at all. It just um, creates this environment that you can feel like you're actually kind of there. Yeah, thing. and I I reckon you could watch the movies, and between every single one of the movies, play a little bit of that game, mm. and you by the end of it, you'd think you were a fucking bona fide Jedi. <laughs> you reckon you'd be the one making the movies? Maybe. Because it looks amazing, man. It's pretty it awesome. It really does. Um, yes, I've played 51 hours of it. I've reached the maximum level, and I'm, I still enjoy playing it. Maybe mm. I'm not as excited about turning it on and playing it as I was, but I still, when I play it, I have fun. Yeah. And like that's only because like we... We're talking about Destiny before in comparison. Um, not that you can really compare them, but... Um, Just in the genre as a Yeah, bit Destiny of... kind of presented itself as this game that was this thing, and then it turned out to not be that. And that's why I said, you know, Battlefront doesn't pretend to be something that it's not. It is what it is, and it's fun mm -hmm. as... Yeah, um, exactly. And, like, they've got the season pass coming up next... Well, the first DLC, I think, is early next year, first quarter. 
Yeah. I have no idea what it'll be in it, but it's, I think, 75 bucks, and you get four expansion packs. And I'm, mm. I'm pretty much guaranteeing that I'm going to be picking that up. And I'll be going back and playing it. Like, there's so much more for them to explore in that universe in terms of levels and just everything like that. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah. So, yeah, well, I mean, Star Wars if, Battlefront. For anybody who's been listening so far to the games that we've picked, they all seem to, you know, fall into the category of how much fun we've had with all of them. Mm. Like, and, Rocket and, League is insanely fun. Yeah, Exactly. So I think now we'll pick our game of the year based on our pick, the ones yeah, we personal, love. Personal, personal choice it. overall. Yeah. Uh, what do you reckon? Uncharted? Uh, oh, I'm really tossing up between Uncharted and Rocket League. Yeah, true. And the Uncharted games, like I said, I have I've so loved playing through those games again. I've said it so, so many times, and I'm never going to play them again. Because now all I want is number four. Yeah. But it's all fresh in my head. And when I grab number four, it'll be like going home to your family. You know, it's all there. It's fucking awesome. I'm so excited about number four coming out now. Um, but with Rocket League as a new IP and something that was basically given to me for free, I have sunk so many hours into this game and I said it months and months and months ago on the podcast, but this game is probably the best at your couch co-op type situation up to four players. Hmm. It's fucking awesome. And there's not that many games that are four players that you can just throw a controller at somebody and go, Oh, look, we're going to play a game. It's a driving game. You've got three buttons and then you just drive into the ball and try and get it in the big hole. Mm. And that's it. And then after five minutes, they're having fun as well. Even though half the time you suck at what you're doing. It's still fun. Yeah. As long as you're enjoying like the visuals. Well, the visuals right. and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, exactly. And it, it's, it, to me, I like I said, I've put a lot of hours into a lot of games this year, but this one has returned me and my family the most amount of fun. Hmm. And I can't go past that for the game that I've enjoyed the most this year. Mm. So that's me done. I'm out. I'll check um, later. Yeah, I can't, like, thinking of that, like, the game that's giving you the most fun, um, Mortal Kombat 10 really stands out to me. Like, I kind of forgot about it because it was so long ago. Yeah. <laughs> but, man, I put a lot of hours into that game and I had a lot of fun with it. But mm. I think overall it's got to be Star Wars Battlefront. Yeah, that's I can't. Like, I've just... It is amazing. It's an amazing game. And it's well, going to continue to be amazing. I do remember you saying to me that you'd go to work and all you could think about was getting home to play Mortal Kombat. Mm. But the other the difference with Battlefront is that you had an app that was telling you when other people were playing and you were at work and your phone would go, bring, someone's playing the game. Yeah, I turned that off pretty, so pretty quickly. Because <laughs> you, all you wanted to do was be there and play that fucking game. That's but awesome. I also liked, really enjoyed telling people about the game as well. Mm. And, and showing and, it to people And too. playing it with other people. I didn't get that opportunity with Mortal Kombat very much because I was yeah. so fucking dominant at it compared to the people that I know that would come over and play it. to be honest, it is really fucking gross. Yeah. So you've got to be selective. 
But even but we, like I'd play it with Corey and, and eight, my mates Corey and Aiden and you and like n- not to be an arrogant asshole, but I w- played it a lot more than you guys, so I was pretty fucking good at it. Yeah, and I knew the moves and stuff like that. Even I could change characters and still kill it. But yeah. in Star Wars Battlefront, playing that online with Chad and with you and with the other people that we've played it with, like Jurel and stuff like that, mm. it's just so fun to play with mates. And yeah, so fun to play is. alone. Um, and so fun to just talk about to people who are Star Wars fans. Mm. So, yeah. Yep. That's mine. Um, that's it. We're done. We're done. Yeah. So, um, we're done for 2015. The next episode will be our 91st and five-year anniversary episode, I guess. Even though it'll mm. be a couple of, probably a week and a half late. <laughs> um <laughs> But if you Keep want to, suspension. if <laughs> if you want to chip into the conversation about game of the year, um, feel free to email us podcast at dropbeargaming dot com. Leave us a review on iTunes, please, if you would sure. like. And be good. Um, yeah, like comment on the Facebook page and shit like that. And to be honest, there are probably a lot of games that we've missed. We have scanned through a couple of lists to make sure that we pick the games we love the most, mm. but everyone's palette is different yeah like there's games that like I mentioned quickly Assassin's Creed Syndicate after Unity really burned us last year Syndicate was a standout game I think it was really really I think it was one of the best Assassin's Creed games yeah I'd agree Um, with that and I I, only watched and I (laughs) I didn't give that a look in during our game of the year discussions mainly because things like The Witcher and Battlefront and Mortal Kombat stood out so much to me out of the water but uh, like a Assassin's Creed Syndicate is my one of my top three favorite Assassin's Creed games, and there's been a fucking shitload of them. Yeah, there has. So, yeah, like if you got, yeah. if you want to make any comments, send us an email, tweet us, Facebook us, etc. That'd be great. Uh, and until next time, have a safe and happy New Year. Definitely, party hard. Drink red wine and play ro- Rocket League. <laughs> don't, don't ever do this. <laughs> Never, never, ever. (laughs) All right. Uh, uh, We'll see you until next year. Thanks for listening. Bye. See ya.